0: This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. As promised, for this, our 501st show, we have a special guest, which will be Bob Berman, the longtime popular columnist for Discover, and now Astronomy Magazine. His new book, The Sun's Heartbeat and Other Stories from the Life of the Star that Powers Our Planet, has earned great reviews and we're looking forward to speaking with him about it. I want to thank those of you who responded to our 500th show last week. We'll have a quote or two related to that before we're done. Let us begin today's program, as we always do, with On This Date in History, the date in question being the 26th of January. In 1905, the world's largest diamond was found at the Premier Mine in Pretoria, South Africa, a 3,106 carat monster named the Cullinan. It was later cut into 106 polished diamonds, including the 530 carat Star of Africa I, the largest cut, fine quality, colorless diamond in the world. I believe it is in the British Royal Scepter in the Tower of London. On this date in 1911, Glenn Curtis, the father of naval aviation, made the first successful takeoff from water. On this date in 1950, the Republic of India was born. In August of 1947, Great Britain had granted independence to this part of the former empire, which it partitioned into Pakistan and India. An Indian constitution was adopted in late 1948, and the republic was established on this date. And a related story of foundations of nations bordering the Indian Ocean, and how's that for a segue? It was on this date in 1788 that a fleet of British ships carried convicts to the colony of New South Wales. This later became Australia. The first governor was Captain Arthur Phillip. The fledgling colony soon began to celebrate the anniversary of this date as their founding. A man named Manning Clark noted that In 1808, the anniversary of the foundation of the colony was observed in the traditional manner, with drinking and merriment, which is kind of surprising. Those Australians are are such a subdued bunch, generally. Our quote of the day comes from Tony Blair, who said, A simple way to take measure of a country is to look at how many want in and how many want out. And from our archived files, which this correspondent is still grappling with, we have the following from June of '03. This from the legendary David Brinkley. See if I can do a Brinkley impression, which will be lost on most of you. But here goes. The American people tend to assume that whatever they're told by political leaders is a pack of lies. And as we have seen and continue to see, remarkably often, they are right. And our quip's last joke of the day comes from a list of things that a man should follow in order to have a happy life. These five rules are number one, it's important to have a woman who cooks from time to time at least and keeps things tidy. Two, it's important to have a woman who makes you laugh. Three, it's important to have a woman you can trust who never lies to you. Four, it's important to have a woman who loves sex and likes to be with you. And five, Perhaps most important, it's very important that these four women do not know each other. Our stat of the day, one that gets lost in all the debate about health care, is that just 1% of Americans accounted for 22% of the one point two six trillion spent on healthcare back in twenty oh nine, according to a new federal study cited in USA Today. That's about ninety thousand dollars per person. The most expensive five percent of the population accounted for half of our health care costs. When you think about people being cared for by our healthcare system who smoke cigarettes and drink alcohol and engage in self destructive, not healthy behavior. Well, it makes you think. And a bonus stat from the London Guardian is that the British government is investing $50 billion in its biggest railway project since the 19th century. The high-speed rail, which will begin operating by 2026, will cut in half the travel time between London and several other cities in England, with trains running at 250 miles an hour. That's right. Even though England is the size of Alabama... They're going to go ahead and spend $50 billion on high-speed rail. Meanwhile, people here are saying, Oh, it's so expensive, we'll never be able to do it. Something doesn't pass the smell test in that uh, that allegation. I'll have more to say on that. And here at Radio Parallax, we want to note that we are uh, we're delighted to see that the Sacramento State College of Business Administration has now changed its tagline on the advertisement seen in the Sacramento Bee. Instead of saying... Creating the next generation of risk-takers, which we've been poking fun at for some time, it now says, who produces Sacramento's leaders and managers? We do. Well, that's a little better. I don't know that our mocking helped to change the ad copy, but uh, perhaps, perhaps it did. I want to cite a letter from Ed in response to our chat with Steve Alexander last week. Steve, being something of a closet neocon, he decried the lack of balance in this program. Ed's letter said, I don't agree with your guests today. When I tune in, I don't want this kind of balance. I want your cantankerous opinion and those of the guests you want to interview. Of course, you may know I feel that way from my shows. I also interview composers and artists on my Saturday shows sometimes, and I don't feel a need to interview Philistines for, quote, balance, unquote of course, was KDBS's own Ed Martin, and Ed, we thank you for that. It's show, Cactus Corners, can be heard 2 to 4 p.m. on Saturdays, alternating with Liminal Space by Rob. But Steve talked about some misadventures with his homeowners association out in the general Gold River area. I did note this article from our archives, which I think is worth returning to. This is from September of 08. A homeowners association has ordered a Florida man whose wife and son were killed when a plane crashed into their home to tear down his rebuilt house. Joe Woodward had nearly completed the rebuilding, but the homeowners group's angry that the shingles and floor plan don't exactly match his neighbors. Woodward says the minor design changes were intentional. The room my wife and I had together, I don't want to relive everything day by day over again. He's hoping that the association will relent. Some discussed the note in all of our discussion about uh, antibiotics going into animal feed, that a piece from Science magazine in July of '03 noted that drugs added to animal feed can latch onto dust particles that become airborne and float through farm buildings. Gee, I wonder why there's so much antibiotic resistance out there. All right, let's do the good, the bad and the ugly.) It was a good week last week for opponents of the anti-piracy backlash with news that protests by bloggers and the tech industry turned the tide against controversial legislation designed to stop online piracy. Facing organized protests from Google and Twitter and a 24-hour Wikipedia blackout, several advocates of the Stop Online Piracy Act in the House and the Protect Intellectual Property Act in the Senate withdrew their support. The bill had previously lost White House backing. Internet companies said media companies would get too much power to shut down websites they believe are abusing copyrights. Said California Representative Daryl Issa, the voice of the Internet community has been heard. We'll have to talk more about that in the future. It was a bad week last week for people living in the anything-goes state of Louisiana with news that a Shreveport official has introduced a bill to ban the wearing of pajamas in public. (laughs) Parish Commissioner Michael Williams says he recently saw youths wearing pajama bottoms at a local Walmart and that a line must be drawn. Said Williams, today it's pajamas, tomorrow it's underwear. Where does it stop? Well, Mr. Williams, we suggest you go on the internet and take a look at people of Walmart sometime, to which we would add it apparently doesn't stop. Finally, it was an ugly week last week for idiots who like oversized snakes. U.S. Interior Secretary Ken Salazar last week, in effort to fight an invasion of giant Burmese pythons in the Florida Everglades, which in one case have strangled a toddler, has uh, banned the importation of that snake species and three other species of giant constrictors. The ban on giant snakes, which can kill humans does appear to have bipartisan support. Of course, Republican Representative Tom Rooney called it a half measure that fails to protect the state from other species of invasive predators that pose a severe threat to our native wildlife. Boy, there's an example of the best being the enemy of the good, don't you think? All right, Bob Berman is one of our favorites. Going through my files, I must have found eight or ten articles by Bob Berman, which I'd cut out for future reference. But the future is now, and uh, after a short break, we'll come back and speak with Mr. Berman about his new book, The Sun's Heartbeat, and other stories from the life of the star that powers our planet. I'm Douglas Everett. This is Radio Parallax. Don't go away.